Hello, my name is Federico Toledo and welcome to the Quality Sense podcast, where you will have the chance to improve your sense for quality by listening to some leaders who are amazing at what they do in the software industry. In each show, I have a one-on-one -on -one chat with them discussing specific topics related to software testing and quality. Lisa Crispin, if it happens that you don't know her yet, is a recognized tester in the Agile community. She was voted by her peers as the most influential Agile testing professional person at Agile Testing Days in 2012. She authored, along with Janet Gregory, three books, Agile Testing, More Agile Testing, and recently Agile Testing Condensed the Agile Testing Essentials video course and the whole team approach to Agile Testing, a three-day training course offered through the Agile Testing Fellowship that now is available with an online facilitation. I love all what she has been doing for our field. I've learned a lot from her books, from her workshops and by talking with her. This is why I wanted to interview her and share the conversation with all of you. In particular, today we are going to talk about observability. Please enjoy. Hello, Lisa. Thank you so much for joining. Oh, Federico, it's my, it's my pleasure. I'm so excited to have this new podcast and I've been listening to the episodes and really oh. great stuff. Thank you. Thank you so much. So you, you're starting a, a, new, a new job. Yeah, just, just end of March, I joined OutSystems, uh, which the product is a low-code platform. And mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's quite interesting. My team is in Portugal, so mm -hmm. that's a, a new experience. And it's, it's interesting to start a new job in these st strange times when everybody is remote. It's kind of good for me because I was going to be remote anyway. Okay. But... <laughs> It's interesting to to meet new people, and not only do you meet them, but you meet the people in there that are living with them, yeah. <laughs> their kids, their pets. So it's kind of you know it's a more personal level, I guess. And of course, people are a little more stressed out with with all that going on too. So it's an interesting time to start a new job, but learn something brand new. But um, but I've I've been really enjoying it, and I've been starting to learn Portuguese. So. Oh, cool. <laughs> this is the, the first time you are working for a company outside the, the U.S.? Or? No, my, actually, years ago, I worked for a German software company, Software oh, okay. okay, and for a long time. And I was based in Denver, but um, I got to go over to Germany for, for three or four weeks at a time and work with the developers there, which is really fun. So it's exciting. <laughs> it's really interesting to go and see how people build software in different parts of the world. I think there are fewer differences now, now that we're all so connected, but, but back in the 80s and 90s, you would see really different ideas and some areas more innovative than others. And this is the, the possibility that uh, working in technology brings us. Right? Yeah, yeah. So the main topic I wanted to address with you today is related to observability that I mm -hmm. know that you have been working around the topic lately. Yes, I, yeah, my new job is, you know, my main focus is to help build an observability practice at OutSystems, both, both internally for us as a company supporting our customers, and then for our customers who build an application with our product to build mm -hmm. observability into that for them, too. So 
it's a big effort and it's just getting started. So just to start, what is observability about? Because I think it's a pretty new term. It's really new. And I, you know, definitely uh, in the testing area, a lot of testers haven't heard of it. But even when you talk to people who work in operations and have done monitoring and logging and all those things, they don't really know what it is. Some people think, oh, it's just a new name for monitoring. And and of course, it's it's quite different than that. And, oh, it's different. Well, monitoring, we've had monitoring for a long time. We've had our dashboards. We write log data to a log file so that when something goes wrong, we can debug it. The thing is that we, we tend to instrument our code for the things that we know might go wrong, that we expect could go wrong. We set up alerts when we exceed certain performance thresholds or error thresholds. We, we alert. We provide alerts so that somebody can look into it. Uh, if there's a crash, we record the crash. But, but if something happens that we didn't expect, we don't have any logging for that part of the code, I, I, I'm sure a lot of people listening have had this experience. It's like, okay, we can't figure it out. It's a bad problem in production. Now we have to add some logging to our code and redeploy. And depending on how easy it is to deploy in your environment, yeah, that can be really the, painful. And reproduce the issue, right? Right, well, you have to get more information about it so you can reproduce it. Yeah. So it, it can be a long, drawn-out process. Meanwhile, your customers are feeling pain. So, uh, so observability is instrumenting more, <laughs> more things in our code, more events in our system so that if something goes wrong that we totally could not have imagined, that all, all of the risk assessment and things that we did in advance, we just didn't think of it. It lets us delve in and see, oh, oh, what went wrong? Oh, what module was that? Oh, look, this one, this one thing took a long time and we didn't expect that. Now we can drill into it. We can also trace what users did. So we have really a lot of complex distributed systems now and a user takes a path through our application. Uh, observability allows us to trace what they did across all the different services and APIs to see exactly all the steps they took so we can reproduce the problem. So it's just, it's just uh, it's a, a way to explore production using really sophisticated tools that are available to us and also because we're now able to store huge amounts of data at an affordable cost. So these things have come together. This wasn't possible a few years ago. Yeah, now that you mentioned that, I'm thinking that, that's true. It's, uh, this is the key to, to have the possibility of analyzing more things in different parts of the, the system because the systems have more components and more things to monitor or to mm -hmm. analyze. Mm -hmm. So you need more space to, to store all this data. But what I understood is that basically we have to get ready for possible problems that we don't have any idea that could occur, right? Right, right. The unknown unknowns, as they say. Yeah. Huge challenge. Yeah. I, one of the best analogies for it, or maybe it's a metaphor, I never know the difference, but uh, <laughs> I think it's Pierre Vincent who said this in his talk at Test Bash Manchester, which you can find on Ministry of Testing, um, that, you know, it's like you might have a very fast and powerful car, which could get you someplace very fast. But if it's foggy and you don't have visibility, the car has to go very slow. And, and mm -hmm. you compare that to an airplane, a jet, 
it can go fast even in the clouds because it has instrumentation that allows it visibility a different kind of visibility and so and so he says this is a different kind of visibility into our software uh, hmm. that allows us you know we're in a fast-paced world we're doing continuous delivery we want to be able to deploy small changes all the time at a sustainable pace and this is one of the important components of that how can we as testers collaborate on that because i i think observability is a property of our, mm -hmm. of our systems right mm -hmm. so we should test how observable our systems are right that's a really good point Federico. i i uh, i'm i'm struggling with that myself <laughs> okay um, you know if you're if you're lucky enough to work in a in a team that already has learned how to instrument the code properly create these spans and events it's a it's a whole new it's a whole new terminology and has tools that allow to do the tracing and and uh, help you identify exactly where the problem occurred then you can just you know build relationships with the with the people the platform engineers site reliable engineers developers who are using those tools and maybe pair with them and learn the tools but very i think very few organizations have really mastered this so far and so what i'm you know what i'm doing where i work is just again it's it's about it's about building the relationships uh there are people in r d where i work who know something about it they certainly know a lot about the logging already being done on the system and the monitoring already available but also you know the people on the front lines helping the customers they tend to know the most about it because they're the ones struggling with debugging the problems we've had to create teams with people from both sides of that organization and work together to to do some proofs of concept and figure out what's the best way to instrument our code there's there's a new standard called open telemetry which looks like it's going to become an industry standard that provides a way to instrument your code to create these events and store them that's compatible with a lot of tools. So different vendors are contributing and supporting the standard so that if you wanna choose a different tool for observability, you don't have to re-instrument your code. Mm -hmm. so, so that's really helpful. These things are kind of, that's just a pretty recent thing. These things are just coming together. Um, it's like, this is really the, the infancy, <laughs> I think, of observability. And so I'm just, I, I think it would help me a lot. People I know, like Abby Bangser, who's also she's a tester, and she got she's the one who got me interested in this. And she's on the platform engineering team at at Moo right now. And um, I, talking to her, one thing that helps her is that she has pretty good coding skills. She has a development background, and she can actually go into the code and poke around things herself and understand what's going on better. I have to be pairing with a developer to do that because my coding skills aren't that good. And so I do feel like that's a limitation in me getting kind of hands-on with it. So I have to I have to rely on collaboration. I need to, to get the engineers to pair with me, to work together with me, and uh, that's an extra challenge. But at the same time, I find I can bring them value because I'm thinking of questions that they haven't thought to ask themselves yet. I don't think collaboration is a bad thing. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> it, requires, it, it requires two people to, to mm -hmm. solve the issue, but uh, at the end of the process, probably you, you will learn something about how the solution is built and he will, mm -hmm. or, or she will learn something about how to 
think critically about the way the user uses the, the system or, or mm -hmm. something that we can contribute as testers, right? Yeah, yeah. And of course, it also holds me back that I don't know the product very well and, and not, I don't know the, how the customer uses it. So that's my other effort is really ramping up, taking the mm -hmm. tutorials and learning the product um, because that's important. You have to understand the data. You have to understand the types of things people are doing so that you can know how you want to investigate the problems. Something that you, you told me the, the last time we spoke uh, that I found really interesting in the relationship between observability and testing. Mm -hmm. it, basically, the, the goal of both are more or less the same because it's mm -hmm. like getting information about the, the usage of the system or the quality mm -hmm. of the, considering different aspects of the, of the application providing information, this information to someone who is going to take a decision, make a decision. Uh, right. Well, it definitely helps us. There are a lot of different ways. And, and, you know, the lines are kind of blurred here, I think, between maybe observability and analytics. But, but I think it's also important how you instrument your code for the analytics. And what are, the, what are users doing? If we have a new customer, what do they f do first? Um, where do where do they where do they give up and <laughs> abandon yeah. the product because like well that they couldn't figure it out um, so we need that information for building our product and building the next new feature but we also need the information to know where are they spending the most time uh, what seems to be the most valuable to them or where are the most where the most errors occurring so where do we want to focus our testing we want to focus our testing on the things that are valuable and on the things that are problematic. And so having this insight into production, I mean, it used to be we just guessed at that, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe we went on an interview customers, or certainly we had a lot of information in terms of tickets of, of things people reported problems with, but that didn't really tell us what was most valuable to them. So, um, so this is an extra tool because, you know, it's getting harder and harder to test everything. We have continuous delivery. We've got a, we got a fast pace. Our test environments don't look like production even less nowadays that we have distributed systems. Um, we still want to do all the testing we can before we release, but we have to do take advantage of all these extra tools like observability, testing and production using feature toggles, uh, chaos engineering. So I think it's all part of the package and, and testers really need to be involved on both sides of that continuous delivery loop or DevOps loop. Uh, we need to be involved all the way around because we we need that firsthand knowledge of what's going on in production as well. Yeah, shifting to to the right, the, the focus mm -hmm. also in the right of the yeah, the, the right loop. side of that loop and the left side of that loop. So uh, it really it really informs us the whole way. So. I'd like to make a short pause to thank Abstracta for sponsoring this podcast. Abstracta is a company fully dedicated to software testing that can work with you to push the quality of your product and processes to the next level. I haven't thought that chaos engineering is also related to that because this is maybe a way of trying to improve the observability of the system by mm -hmm. injecting errors, right? Mm -hmm. And trying to understand if your team is capable of... Uh, analyzing and fixing the issue with the mm -hmm. information they got. Right, I'm definitely not a chaos engineering expert, but that's one way to discover the unknown unknowns, mm -hmm. right? It's like, oh, let's bring a server down and see what happens. Let's, let's drop a database table, see what happens. <laughs> you don't have, and you don't have to do it in production. You could do it in the staging environment. Uh, but I, a couple of years ago at European testing conference, 
um, Sarah Wells did a did a keynote on what they do at Financial Times, and she called she called chaos engineering tool assisted exploratory testing in production. Hmm. And I thought that was so apt because these are all forms of exploratory testing and learning about our production system. To do that, to do chaos engineering or to work in improving, uh, on, on improving the observability of the system, which skills do you think we should develop or improve? Uh, there's, a whole there's a whole range of skills. Um, definitely when we're working you know, on our code, building, building new features, we want to think about testability, operability, What's the best way to instrument our code? How do we make sure we capture all the information we need? You know, as testers, we have a lot of new tools to learn, right? Uh, monitoring tools and observability tools. I've been playing around with the observability tools. I, Honeycomb is one of the real pioneers in this area. And as a tester, I find, I find that tool very interesting because you can go in and do queries and it helps you, you know, it gives you help in doing the, it's like doing SQL queries of the data, but it, it has a UI that helps you do it. And as soon as you start to see a pattern that's like, oh, maybe this, look, there was a long response time here, you can dig into it and it has a bubble up feature that suggests to you, here are the different pieces of data that had anomalies in them. You may want to investigate these. Mm -hmm. So this particular, module took a long time or this particular function took a long time and it speeds up looking into it and there are other tools a light step is a tool and, and cabana has um a new apm that's does tracing and stuff um, so that supports observability as well but i the other thing i see is is and i don't know what these tools use behind the scenes but i even wonder if machine learning could be applied to detect these kind of anomalies, not to solve the problem for you, because people talk about AI ops and that artificial intelligence could do all this for you. I don't think it could do it for you, but I think it could help you investigate more quickly because yeah, it you, can you mentioned bring those finding patterns part. to light. Yeah, yeah. You, you mentioned finding patterns. And so mm -hmm. I think that analyzing the history of your logs and, uh, and right. metrics and everything mm -hmm. can help to identify easily the patterns, right? Yeah, and testers are we're good at we're good at spotting funny patterns. We're good at identifying risks, and um, you know other team people on the team are too. And I've now that I've started being able to to I've been able to attend a lot more uh, DevOps team. and continuous yeah. delivery type conferences because they're online. Uh, mm -hmm. And what I find is they're mostly they're talking about testing and and quality, and they aren't specialist testers themselves but they obviously that's what they're doing a lot of the time and, and i've found them very welcoming to testers of yeah come and help us <laughs> <laughs> yeah so, i had the same i had the same feeling the first time i read the the continuous delivery book exactly yeah i yeah. say this is a book about testing right mm -hmm. but it sure is yeah so so i wanted to encourage testers it's, it sounds scary to talk about devops it's these tools can be scary because it's you know they're not they're not intuitive how do you can't just jump in and use them because like i say you have to understand your data and your application and what your customers are doing but testers if you already know your domain and you already know your customers it's going to be easier for you 
and and not only that because uh, I understand that you need an understanding of the architecture and the technology mm -hmm. behind the the system in order to understand where to pay attention or what to look for. Mm -hmm. Right, pairing with different people in your team could be very useful. Mm -hmm. I'm counting on that myself. <laughs> <laughs> cool. What are the the typical sources of information? That's a that's a really good question. And I have found it really helpful to have engineers walk me through their diagrams of architecture. Uh, I mean, I, I may not understand it just looking at it, but having them walk me through makes so much sense. I I, I love the visuals; they really help me learn. Um, so that's that's one area. I think just learning about the data. What are all what's all the log data being gathered? How could you put that data together to say something meaningful? Uh, to look into things. There's there's the monitoring data. There's data from our systems as a company. There's data from our customer systems and their applications. So there are all these different levels. And I actually made a big mind map of all the teams who were doing any kind of logging or any kind of monitoring or working on observability and all the tools they were using. And it's, you know, it ended up being this giant mind map. And I was really surprised. Of course, it's a big organization. People in different areas have realized they need they need data. They need a better they need better data, and they're not all doing it in the same place or in the same way. But it's a it's definitely a big focus, and and I think more and more companies are going to see they need to make a big push in this area because it's an opportunity. It's something we didn't have before, yeah. and and if it can reduce our pain. <laughs> In investigating customer problems or preventing customer problems because you know now that we have things like dark launches release feature toggles progressive rollouts we can put something in production and and not only monitor it but use the observability tools to spot unusual patterns that we don't have any any monitoring for um, so it just gives us all these extra tools to help us keep our solve our customer problems faster and another question that comes to mind, it's uh, related to when should we start working on observability in the development process? I think when we're planning new new features, new changes, we, we have to talk about, you know, what, how do we need to instrument our code? Um, what, what do we want to capture as we're doing this? And I think it's part of, I think it's all part of the piece of uh, making your code testable, making your code and, and operability i think is what relates to observability of making sure that you're capturing all the events that you need to capture and and all, and and capturing all the data so you can trace user journeys through the application be thinking about that as you're creating them um and, and even if you're working with a legacy system i had a really interesting conversation with Austin Parker last week, uh, he has he works for Lightstep, and um, that's one of the observability tools. And he's also uh, contributing a lot to the Open Telemetry open source project. Hmm. And he has he has free office hours. You can just go sign up uh, for to spend time with him and ask questions. <laughs> I, I talked to both of them last week, and one of the things he said is if you're breaking up a monolith. You can you don't wait until you've got that done by instrument your code. You can go ahead and, and instrument your code with, with something like OpenTelemetry. 
start capturing all this information so that you can see things like performance and latency. And, and then as you, as you break a piece of that monolith off into an API or service, now you can see how does the how's the performance now that you're going from the monolith through the API and back to the monolith. And I hadn't thought about that. It's like, it helps guide you. So it helps you know if you're going about the right way of breaking it up. If suddenly you have a performance problem when you do that, you know, oh, you did, you did something the wrong way. Mm -hmm. You need to go back and rethink that. And so it's, it can also act, the telemetry can act as, as a, a safety net to help guide refactoring a big legacy application. I thought that was pretty fascinating. So there are a lot of different applications for it that as I learn more, I'm, I'm, I'm learning more and more. And it's just like, it's just like anything. It's just like when you don't have any automated unit tests and you've got a, a legacy code base, what do you do? You start refactoring it. And as you refactor it and try to design it better, you use, you use unit tests to help you design it and to provide a safety net. And over time, you build that safety net up bigger and bigger. And I think you can do that with telemetry as well, both for monitoring and for observability. Some final questions, because I, I think we could continue talking about this for hours. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel, I feel like I'm just talking on, off the top of my head and I don't really know this in depth, but I'm just, I just see so much potential in it and so much value in it, so. Um, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so one one of the questions I have is if you have um, any books to suggest, it could be related to observability oh. or to anything else. The book I recommend the most, I hear a lot of people recommend it, so maybe it's it's kind of boring, but the Accelerate book by Dr. Nicole Forsgren and Jess Humble and, and Jean Kim, I've, I've found that really valuable because as as my own my own teams now are trying to make this shift and move build in observability we're trying to do a lot we're trying to succeed with continuous delivery and so knowing what we can measure to see if we're progressing on our journey so this the accelerate provides the those metrics that correlate with high performing teams so we know good things to measure and it helps us with the culture and the leadership that we need. So these are big efforts, especially when you have a legacy code base and you need visionary leadership and you need a lot of support and models and things to help the teams know how to, how to go along on this journey. And it's all part of a piece of getting to that, being able to frequently deliver small changes that are valuable to customers at a sustainable pace and lower risk because we are making really small changes that we can revert if we need to or turn that feature flag off if we need to. It's all part of a piece. And so I like how Accelerate, the, the information there can provide a foundation. No matter what business domain you're in, it can, it can provide a lot of guidance for you, I think. You remind me of a great webinar I saw a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> Someone talking about BDD and, and continuous delivery. Oh. <laughs> right? <laughs> that was a fun webinar. These things support each other, right? Like I say, mm -hmm. all part of a process. And even I think some people, like I think maybe Abby Bangs is doing this, exploring how do we do BDD as we develop our infrastructure. So the infrastructure that supports continuous delivery, the infrastructure that supports observability and monitoring, we can drive those with uh, business-facing or, or operations-facing tests as well. 
So I, I, I think, like I say, all these things we know and as testers, we can apply them in so many ways that help our teams. Yeah, in different stages or in different parts of our processes. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Another question, do you have anything uh, to suggest our listeners to, to check, like uh, any uh, training coming or? <laughs> any, <laughs> oh, anyway. not a good question, Federico. We do, <laughs> we, we do have our Agile Testing for the Whole Team course. That was a three-day um, live course, and it's now Janet has adapted it into um, a course all the exercises adapted to do with the virtually facilitated so zoom or or something similar um and the course can be done now uh in the five made five days janet's going to do it five days four hours a day some people are stretching it out but janet's going to be offering it for the first time for herself in june and this is a great opportunity if you're in a, if you're in a time zone where it works at all for you to learn directly from Janet and be able to ask her questions and pick her brain. And she's, she's absolutely the best facilitator. She asks the best questions and really makes you think and getting that hands on practice and working with a small group. And she's, she's only going to have 10 people in the course. That's a really, really small group. I think it's a really special opportunity, but all our trainers do an awesome job. And so if you go to agiletestingfellow.com, you can see all the trainings being offered. And this can also be done as a private course within your company. So we're really excited that we've been able to adapt it for remote. Thank you so much, Lisa. It was a pleasure. Honored to be here, so. <laughs> Thank you. See you around. Bye-bye. Hi, <laughs> thank you so much. I hope your sense for quality got better after this conversation. Thank you so much for listening and please subscribe to Quality Sense Podcast. Tell your friends, your family, your colleagues or whoever you think can benefit from listening to it. I hope to see you soon. Adios amigos.